Make It Right, the Manufacturing Podcast. A survey conducted in 2019 by the National Association of Manufacturers found that nearly one quarter of the U.S.'s manufacturing sector's workforce are age 55 or older. The aging manufacturing workforce is a global issue, and manufacturing leaders are well aware of what's at stake. The brain drain of retirement, the inability to fill vacancies, and the challenge of attracting and retaining the next generation of manufacturing professionals. These are big, big challenges. Welcome to the Make It Right podcast. I'm Janet Eastman, and this week, my guest is Eust Pieferer. He's a digital supply chain expert and a professor at a number of business schools in Barcelona. He's been watching the impact of the retiring workforce on manufacturing companies. And he's also a bit of a contrarian who's not afraid to speak his mind. So I'm delighted to have him on this week's episode of Make It Right to see how he envisions addressing this challenge. It's good to speak to you again. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Janet. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. (laughs) So manufacturing is like many other industries. It does have a demographic Uh, challenge. Its aging workforce is getting ready to retire. The next decade is going to see a thinning out of the workforce. What do you see as this all meaning for the industry? Oh, I think it will be a major step back and and next to come crisis, the companies don't do their homework. Basically, as you say, if we see the aging at the bottom scenario in the population pyramid, and it's affecting mostly the Western economies. This is not affecting the, let's say, developing countries. Not at all. And I have a message for you. It's already happening. Mm-hmm. Since 2011, the, the, the older generation of baby boomers, which basically I am part of, they already started to retire. So even the peak will be around 2030, uh, even I have some disturbing numbers. Uh, on 3030 will be maybe 10,000 retirements a day in the U.S. and mm-hmm. similar numbers given or take for the European Union. So this is a lot of people going to Florida or going to Marbella or Mallorca in Europe to take <laughs> the sun. So, but the problem is, uh, who will fill the, the, the gap? Ah, by the way, don't worry. Every stat projection saying around 2,100, the world still stands. It will be fine. But that's easy. The world will still stand. Okay? So they need to start to do things now. And I'm sure in the conversation you will ask me to how to avoid. I will just say some spoilers, some uh, jobs to combine with the latest years of the boomer generation together with the young people as well together in the show floor, things like that, and making the, the, the work attractive. It's not to say we are not going to the Star Trek society, which money is nothing, just the personal growth is only matters, but it's not about, uh, let's say, uh, target in the, in the horizon to try to go there because let's face it, the younger generations, they didn't value so much as I or you or our generation, the money issue. So we need to, to put something more attractive there. Money isn't the incentive, as you say. So no. what, what do we have to do to attract 
uh, young people to the manufacturing industry. Now, it has been said in the past that manufacturing has a bad image. People think it's a dirty job, that it's not a highly skilled job, um, that it's, um, you know, you're basically human robots working in factories and in manufacturing. How do, we, how do we shape this so that young people see this as a great industry for a career? So we need to, to change the, the blue collar scenario to more attractive. And first, uh, it's a good exercise to try to look at, uh, some companies are trying to start doing, at least in Europe. For example, Ferrari, you know, the race company, is trying to, to introduce, let's say, a state-of-the-art uh, technology at the same time is making, is, is transforming the shop floor is something which is lovable to be there. It's not like a, uh, there will be a, a, like a, a retirement home, but it should be an eco-green scenario uh, everything should be uh, technologically driven and no paperwork and also try to 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 see to 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 link the production with let's say ngo uh, objectives uh, targets which basically you know the 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 the, the, the target is to make money and the profit in order to company go on, but maybe not so much, a little bit less. So the, the younger generations think they are making the difference also in the manufacturing industry. Because, you know, when you see this curriculum, the resume for the young people try to go to the college, the, the better universities, they always mention, I was volunteer there, I was volunteer there. Nobody said I was working as a as a part time or or uh, intern in a Ford factory in Almusafes, Valencia, which is one of the Ford factories in Europe. Nobody said that because it's not uh, fancy, has no glamour. But if we if we can transform, it will not have uh, in one day, one week, one year. Slowly, slowly putting the technology on the shop floor, making the environment clean, and having well-paid uh, jobs there. So no, no, no underrated payment. And someone say, just, it's impossible. No, 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 remember, we baby boomers, we will be out. And the pandemic age is upside down. So there will be less people working, so we can pay more because they will need to do more. And not, they are not super super men or super women. They will need technology support. Not robots, but cobots means machines that can learn to work with human beings. So, and also everything uh, uh, with solar power, or renewable energies, no, no oil or there. It's difficult, it's challenging, but the thing is we don't have an, an, any choice. I think you're probably right. And what I'm curious about 
and I don't know how many manufacturers are actually publicly traded companies, but those leaders of those manufacturing companies, they're like, okay, if we have to make our businesses a little bit more like an NGO, but we also have these shareholders over here who want those good returns because they're getting close to retirement. How do we balance that out? Yeah, we, we, we get to the shareholders, yeah. I don't know. It um, was um, one day that the corporation, instead of, of uh, trying to, to be transcendent of their own existence, they start to look into the quarterly reports because this is what the shareholders are looking at. But, you know, if you look only at the balance sheet and the stock price, you can have maybe a problem like Enron in the past, that they were working, doing as, the, as was necessary to keep the, the stock price up. Mm -hmm. I think in the future, also these, these people will be the shareholders. So they will appreciate that the, the, the companies try not to make the maximum profit possible, but the necessary profit possible in order to keep working and give to go back to the society what they are giving from the society. So I'm not talking about socialism. Eh? I, everybody here is getting the, the money that they deserve. But I try to take it a little bit more proportional, not so much, not so uh, hundred something percent for me, one percent for you. I think is if we divide the the cake, even there is a bigger portion of the persons who who take the risk, of course, there should be maybe a, a bigger slice for the bottom uh, workforce. So if we can have better salaries, better environment, transcend from the the just the eight hours two hands scenario and making a sense of community and let, let me let me remind you something that has been done already in the US when Toyota land on Kentucky in the past Toyota knew they have a lot of of let's say work to do in a let's say deep America community what they did they try to be involved in the community with a lot of initiatives, let's say NGO style. And this was done in the eighties, not now. They didn't do because they need to attract young people. They did it because it's necessary to attract and get the people happy. And they achieve one thing that is very difficult to to achieve it, you don't have all the, the keys in the right position. The pride to work for a company. Mm -hmm. This thing has been lost and we need to recover. And the mindset we have in the 80s, let's take the lessons from the 80s, let's see what was done properly in the 80s and adapt to, to the current scenario. And basically, again, the companies that don't 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 look back to the community that they are in, in, included, 
maybe they will have a better uh, awards performance in the future. So if we're trying, if if there are companies out there that are trying to make this shift, here's here's a problem that I see. And so okay. you've got you've got the aging workforce moving out. You've got the younger workforce moving in, but they all have to work in this environment. So how do you start making these changes that encourage the young people to come in without the people who are getting set to retire going, that's never good. Yeah, they they, they don't want to or... retire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see the picture. Yeah, okay. There needs to be a transition period. What we call, let's say, a, a retirement and an incoming plan. There will be, I'm, I'm ambition, this is my vision. Eh? I'm not running from president or senator or, or a political party here in Europe, not at all. But my, my vision is totally engineering vision. So it should be a transition period where is the, the senior person which is in the, in the factory is teaching the skills in order to work to the factory to the young person. And the other young person is maybe sharing, combining the technological skills. Maybe it's the way, the, the, the moment to modernize and upgrade the machinery of the factory. The machinery, I don't know if you have seen all the equipment uh, that is coming to the factories right now, is basically a computer and a lot of more things. So computers are already there. The technology is already there. So uh, a combination of going out with the skills you need because you need to know about the product, the, the way that you need to work, and then how the new equipment can fit in is, is the way that I think that it should be done. Again, the, the problem is the pension after that, mm. because there will be a lot of uh, retirement people who we will we want our pension. But uh, Janet, I'm sure that I'm addressing to the baby boomers that could be uh, uh, hearing us. I'm in a pension private plan since maybe already 20 years. So because um, some of us already saw coming. Even in Europe, we have what we call the welfare state and we have a, a retirement for the government. But finally, the, the, the cow cannot get so much milk mm -hmm. and it will be the taxes then divided by N people, that will be the, 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 the pension that the, the government can, can share with the, with the baby boomers. So I'm sure the, that at least in Europe, the, the number is about 40 to 50% of our generation already have a private pension plan. I think the numbers in the US should be maybe even higher, even higher. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't, I don't yeah. have the number. I'm not sure, I don't know either. Okay, mm -hmm. so somebody maybe can, can check in and send an email to you. And they, you are wrong, US is 90%, okay, fine. <laughs> anyway, I want to, to say some, some advisement about China. You know, Chinese people are a lot. And just statistically speaking, they are having more persons with a high IQ than the U and the USA together. 
So they, are, they have more smart people than we have. They are, have decided one thing. We will no longer be the factory of the world because they're creating a middle class there. A middle class, they want a PlayStation, they want a car, they want a big TV, they want HBO, even in sensor, or Netflix, even in sensor, or Amazon. They want all of this. And the companies have been ordered to raise a little bit the salaries. That's why uh, the product will be will be better. And you have you have one measure. I don't know if the listeners can know, but there is a very complicated and technological state-of-the-art uh, business, which is the hi-fi audio business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Normally, the top manufacturers of hi-fi audio were basically US, European, and Japanese. They, they perform and build fantastic devices with instead of the art technology, where they have a higher, maybe six figures prices for a turntable or for an amplifier. Now, they are coming to the European and the US market, very good Chinese products produced in China with China's components and some Japanese and European. And they are beating the European and the US and the Japanese competitors because they sound the same, they cost 10 times less. And they can do in the middle, in the audio, they can do everyone. Means health machinery, means industrial machinery, everything. So Germany start to to travel, also Italy and US should be here as well. There's a major shift happening, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it is happening already. It's not, it will be happening. No, no, it's already happening. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I want to ask you, I want to go back to the, the employment issue. And okay. Yeah, so... Many companies are offering incentives right now to those that are close to retirement to encourage them to stick around because right now they can't find the people to fill those spots. In your opinion, is this a good idea? And what does the physical environment look like if that aging population does stay in the factory? Like, are they going to have to modify factories for people who have some difficulty getting around and things like that as they get older? Uh, okay, I, I think it's already a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bad idea. <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically, uh, when the, the I, I can always imagine myself in the position of the plant manager. I have my workforce. I have 20 or 50 or 500 persons that are coming to retirement in three, four, five years. And I notice that if I want to get this fine, this work people work the same way. I need to change the scenarios on my shop floor, maybe put some bench in order to rest every 10 minutes or every two hours. 
or maybe they have already doctor's appointment for arthritis on 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 tests for the diabetes type B on this kind of 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 doctor appointments. Should I I lose this time with them? I need to maybe uh, re revise all the stairs and put uh, lifts because they cannot uh, breathe when they come to my office because they need to put two stairs and they mm -hmm. are coming and they kind they cannot breathe. So I put a, a, a lift there in order to get to my office, or I start to 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 look what one factory will be in the future, how I want to be my workforce, and when I need to start to bring the young people here in order to work with them, and then get get uh, like a, a you use the, the the expression the dream brain, no? Okay. Yes. Yes. Let's put like a like a, a USB in the brain of the senior persons and download to the younger person. And I know it's a problem because the, the younger persons also are reluctant to go there because the robots, the robots will take our jobs. I I blame mass social media, entertainment industry are not helping. All the the movies and series all the, these bad robots are just terminators in getting the kill the humanity i have one message for everybody that will not happen the robots will not take over this singularity that many people are writing there will never happen it is not me who's saying it's sir roger penrose and if Jorge Penrose, a friend of the late Stephen Hawking, said, I can rest every night. Don't worry about the Skynet. So I, I, to my students at the, at the university and the business school, I said, don't worry. Don't worry to work with the robots. You already have a Roomba at home. Are you scared of the Roomba? <laughs> no. It's the same. It has an algorithm on the Roomba and say, when you bump to the stairs, then right, go right. That's all. It's instructions. No need to be scared. The robots are there in order to help us to, to, to do the job. Um, Janet, in 1919, at the Sony factory of Barcelona, we already have AGVs, Automotive Sky Vehicles. These vehicles that everybody sees now in the Amazon commercials, Oh, the shells are moving automatically. This is not new. We already have in the 90s. Why? Because we have a necessity, because we have big screens, big TV screens, remember? Mm -hmm. These big TV screens with a dip of tube, the Trinitron tube. It was very heavy, so we want to help the workers to don't, to don't lift 40 kilos of uh, screen means the robot will do it. And that's the scenario. Robots are there to help people, not to kill their works. So, you've given me so much to think about, Eustat. <laughs> I, might, I might be up all night. Uh, how about some key takeaways on, you know, if you're a, a factory owner and you're looking at your workforce issue, 
what are three things that they should be thinking about right now in order to ease that burden of the retiring workforce? Okay, first and most important, stay healthy, please. Stay healthy. Okay. Second, education on skills for the young people and technology for the seniors. Then transition period, key. The transition both for the people and for the, the let's say, the layout of the factories from the dirt environment to the clean one. The fourth is don't ignore China. Let's face like a competitor, not like an enemy. Because it's a competitor, uh, I, I'm not a marketing person, but all the marketing person will tell you the competition is good for business. Mm -hmm. Let's face like that. And then let me finish with my rainbow, rainbow and unicorn. Try to move forward to a kind of Star Trek business society. Means the, the pride to do the, the, the work by the only for the pleasure to a job well done. Mm -hmm. That's, the, I know, rainbow, unicorn, whatever. But I am a Star Trek fan, so. <laughs> you know, I don't see that, there is no reason why we can't enjoy our jobs. And there is no reason why we can't work in a place that, that gives us pleasure to be at. I think that yeah. is that is a worthy thing to be going for, no matter what you do for a living. You should be able mm -hmm. to go to work, and whether it's eight hours or six hours or, or whatever it is you have to work, you should be able to enjoy that process and leave there feeling satisfied that you spent your time wisely and well. Mm -hmm. So Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think you have some really interesting points, Yust, and I hope that we will get a chance to speak again in the future on some other uh, interesting topics because I, I think you have a, a really interesting perspective that a lot of people don't, uh, don't bring to the show. So thank you very much for being our guest. Uh, thank you for you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Yust Pieferer is... Um, well, he's many things. He's a digital supply chain expert. He's a professor at a number of business schools in Barcelona. And he has, uh, well, he seems to be a great thinker with a lot of ideas. So it was a pleasure to have him on uh, Make It Right today. That is our show this week. Please check out our Twitter and LinkedIn feeds that are on our podcast page. And you can subscribe and share this podcast with friends and colleagues through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And remember, Make It Right is brought to you by Kevin Snoop. He's a leadership advisor and author of the best-selling book, Make It Right, Five Steps to Align Your Manufacturing Business from the Front Line to the Bottom Line. I'm Janet Eastman. Until next time, thanks for listening to Make It Right. <laughs>